Hello everyone and welcome to Funky Baz and Face, three brothers talking footy, an action-packed episode tonight, boys, big, as big I welcome uh, Baz and Face into Thank Funky's you. office tonight. Hello Thank Funky, you. hello Baz. Fresh from my B-grade return, boys, <laughs> from my return into football. Well, let's talk about you first. Oh. <laughs> we thought Gee, we'd bring it up. And surprise, surprise. He brings it up himself. No. How, how did you go, mate? Well, I'm glad you asked, but... Uh, <laughs> No, it went quite well. I enjoyed uh, being amongst the boys again and, and getting into the, the nitty gritty and the, the liniment into there. And we didn't get to sing the song, unfortunately. We, Look, we that's lost. great. But let's yeah. cut the chase. You got best on ground. Well, well, that that, that came along too. So you got that, that smashed quite, by seven goal, but you got beat. Yeah, that there. was quite nice. That was quite nice. So it was good to be back. <laughs> Unfortunately, I've been dropped this week because the wife doesn't let me play. So I'm out this week, which is disappointing. But I'll be back soon. I didn't know she was a selector at BDFC. Well, so she's now, a very very yeah. senior selector. Yeah. <laughs> what did you do well last week? What were some of the attributes to you? Getting? Um, I think. That uh, most of the other blokes don't really know much where to run and stuff. So I just was smart and sort of special mention to... to any of your teammates. That <laughs> <laughs> they didn't sort of move, you know, overly, overly well. So I just sort of snuck in and we were getting beaten. There's probably not a lot of competition, but anyway, in the in the black and white, mate, in the newspaper, it says M Harris. Best. I reckon he would have run a bit harder in the second half, thinking that oh, I reckon I'm doing all right here. I'm like well, voting, they, voting slips have been given out. They said, they said to me, "Oh, do you want to come off in the last cross?" I said, "No, I'm all right, no. boys. <laughs> I'll push through the Did pain." Did you get a like a twenty dollar? No, I didn't get a presentation. That come yeah. straight home, so I missed yeah. out on the presentation. Face, you're going well. Do you want to talk about you? So we don't just talk about Baz. No, or? I'm all about the team. Yeah, boys, very good. So three versus fine. Thanks very much. Big episode tonight. We Again, we're going to talk about our brothers and sisters. So I had a special want to have a special mention with a couple of them tonight. We're going to have "Would You Rather" and "I'll Be Nervous If," and we've also got a special guest on tonight, Face, which we'll talk about. Uh, an ardent Crows fan, political writer, and a social media heavyweight that we're going to bring oh, into the good. episode tonight. So I'm really looking forward to that. Face, brothers and sisters, who have we got? I thought you had him actually, Funk, so... I do. Well, I had... <laughs> How's that for preparation? Had a great chat to Callum Wallace this week. Yes. He listened in when we had a special mention about his father, Malcolm, yeah. Yeah, and he said, really appreciated that. Mm. Ever since then, he's been hooked on us. Oh, so wow. he listens to us every week, and also his sons, Lockie and Zach, they... They think we go right, so... Uh, well, listening. Callum has actually signed up for the over-35s game coming up very soon. Beautiful. Uh, vintage rules? Vintage rules. And he's going to wear Funky's and boots. You're not playing because you're overseas, That's right. face will be I'm playing. In. I'm in. So, Callum Wallace will wear Funky's boots, so that's a little bit of a... So he'll uh, kick, kick uh, out in the fall. Yeah, and, and yeah, high. And high. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we also had, I think Twitter's been going pretty crazy, but uh, we didn't really... Brisbane pre- Cricket and Jim mm. Congdon boys, a couple of new, newcomers to Funkin's face. Uh, very, very keen. Jim Congdon, been buying all this stuff on eBay. Cricket aficionado, loves the Redbacks. Um, plenty of stuff going on there, uh, Funky. wonder what's in his kit bag. Yeah. <laughs> tell you who could be in our team in the year is Jock Cameron, boys. He, he has been feverish in listening to this. As soon as this gets downloaded, he's onto it. Replying to it, bit of banter with it as well. He's, he's in the centre at the moment because probably better than his football career at the moment, but he's in the centre, I'd in say, the for our team of the year. Well, it's going to be very competitive this year. Last year's team was just full of people. Who, you know, we had a 200 game Collingwood captain in our team <laughs> last year. We had MZ in there last year, so uh, it's going to be a hard team to break into. Well, but... welcome, Jock. Surely you're listening. Okay, boys, well, 
local legend of the week for Funky Bear's face. Let me just give you a little bit of the intro. Uh, former SA Journalist of the Year winner in 2017, an award in which his manager described him as the most experienced political journalist in SA with a fearless and clear-eyed analysis of state politics, always worth reading. He's worked with Channel 9, The Australian and The Advertiser. But more important to us, lads, this guy is a clear, out-and-out Crows tragic, writes a fantastic article each week called Touch the Fumbles for In Daily. Boys, please welcome Tom Richardson to Funky Bad Space. Welcome, Tom. Welcome. Thanks, fellas. Uh, uh, Tom, welcome to uh, the podcast as our local legend this week. Um, oh, thanks for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about your background of coming to Adelaide and how you started uh, into journalism? Um, yeah, I, I moved to Adelaide uh, as, a, as a kid, about 10, 11 years old, from a few years in, in Queensland and born, born in, uh, over in London, oh, in England, and um, yeah, so lived here most of my life and um, went off and did, did various other things, was working in the, in the public service in Canberra for a bit and decided it wasn't for me and applied for a few journalism cadetships and ended up back here at the in Adelaide at the Advertiser um, in my mid-twenties. So I've been back here doing doing media since then, as, as you said, very well-researched intro. I've worked at yeah, the Australian and the Adelaide Bureau and for Channel 9 for about 10 years and the last four or five years at In Daily. Well, all our listeners will know we're massive on our research for our podcast, Tom. But um, <laughs> one of uh, boys, one of my favourite things on a Monday is the Reads Tom um, article from In Daily. It's called "Touch the Fumbles," and those who are not Crow supporters, um, it's a wrap up of not only the Crow's game but Crow's past history. So, um, which may or may not come back to haunt us each and every week, but also Port's misfortunes and their fortunes that he revels in each week. It's a great read. Can, can I just ask, Tom, how did a Queenslander come to be such an avid Crows fan and uh, <laughs> also like to revel in um, Port's misfortunes? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, like I said, I mean, I've lived, lived here most of my life now. I'm in my 40s now, so it's, you know, been, been 30 years on and off, on and off in, in SA. So, um, I mean, I, I didn't have the sort of hatred of Port Adelaide going back into the, the SANFL years, though, so yeah, I guess that is a bit, that was a bit of a point of difference, and I wasn't actually, I mean, the funny thing is I wasn't really a, a big footy fan growing up um, either. It sort of came, uh, came to it pretty late um, in my late teens or thereabouts, um, and yeah, it was more actually leaving South Australia and, and going off to other places that being a, being a Crows supporter became a big <laughs> sort of part of my identity, I guess. It was sort of a badge of honour and and kept me, sort of kept a bit of a link to Adelaide um, before I ended up coming back here and, and doing journalism. So, um, yeah, I kind of just discovered it um, later on and became a bit obsessed with, um, with, <laughs> with Australian football and kind of went back and did all the name of games and caught up on the things I'd missed. And, yeah, right. You know, name of game, that's a classic, that is. That yeah. Name of game is... Um, well, it's gone now, but they were like you'd, you'd send away for your for your DV, your VHS. Yeah, I don't think they'd get name a game for Adelaide Frio a couple of weeks ago. I don't, no. don't think that would have. No, been that, that wouldn't rate highly if that was still a thing. No, I don't think that would have been doing a lot of downloads on the AFL website or anything either. But no, it's um, yeah, it's just just one of those things, and it, I, I don't know. I think sort of being a a Crows supporter is a little bit, you know, there's a bit of a symptom of being a South Australian. It has a lot of the same um, 
you know, ch- you know, chips on the shoulder, particularly after 20 years or thereabouts without a flag. Um, you know, I could sort of you get this sense that there's this shared sort of anxiety and, and world weariness about us um, because, you know, it is now stretching to one of the longer droughts in the, in the AFL. Did you go to the um, grand final in 17? I did, unfortunately. I did, yeah. yeah. And that, that, uh, how does that sort of haunt you, that game? <laughs> it does a bit. Look, it wasn't... I don't know. I, 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 it's, I feel a bit kind of empty about it. I doesn't sort of... I'm not one of those people who can't listen to the killers anymore, eh? I went to the killers concert and these two boys, uh, bad in the place, <laughs> they, uh, they just can't, didn't want to bar, listen yeah. to Mr. Brightside. It was their favourite song and now it's their least favourite. I, so. I just got Jack well, Rewalt in yeah. my mind. Just I know. I mean, there is that. You kind of, it's always there now and then that's a shame because, yeah, yeah it, they're one of my favourite bands. <laughs> I can't listen to them without remembering that day. But the, yeah. I guess the thing is that day is a part of our history now and we kind of yeah. have to, you know, that that's always going to be the case. And let's face it, up until that point, we were the only club that hadn't lost the grand final and everyone else has had to deal with the same thing. So yeah. um, I guess we're going to have to do it too. Um, it's perfect week actually to have you on, Tom. Fresh after a showdown, we've got um, the uh, uh, obviously politics in the agenda this this uh, Saturday um, will be huge, so we'll touch on that also. I just want to give our listeners um, a bit of an insight into some of your article, Touch the Fumbles, perfect from the showdown. And this is an excerpt from this week. So it goes, I tend to avoid away showdowns these days, largely because going to Adelaide Oval for a Port Home game is a bit like one of those nightmares where your surroundings are all familiar, but somehow also weird and sinister. The feeling I get walking amongst hordes of teal-clad power fans is a bit like passing a police car while you're driving. You know you haven't done anything wrong, but you still feel a bit uneasy. I guess it's all part of our cultural conditioning. And that was just perfect. I pissed myself laughing at work and had to explain it to people while I'm laughing. It's uh, very well written. And um, I did notice, Tom, you obviously, as well as politics and football, you have a bit of a bent for the Simpsons as well. It seems that yeah, that's uh, getting Simpsons a bit out of hand these days, I think, but yes. Simpsons does uh, mix in well with football and politics, and you obviously blend some of their um, mm. funnier cartoons into your writing as well. Yeah, cheers. Well, I, um, yeah, I probably need to tone the GIF, the GIF inclusions <laughs> down a bit. I don't know. It's sort of a, the last couple of years, I, um, again, it's a bit like football. I probably came to the, the you know, GIF the gift culture a bit late and got carried away with it. So um, <laughs> if you go back, there, there is a sort of a site where you can, if, you, if you're enough of a massacre, go through four or five years or however long I've written the column for and, and they're all in one place. But the early ones don't have any gifts and I've reread a couple of them and it just it feels a bit bare and empty without them. <laughs> It's interesting that we're talking to you now and not four weeks ago because I think we're talking a bit differently about the Crows and what we would have back then. Are you yeah, happy with the way... What's that, sorry? It's amazing, the turnaround. I don't... Yeah. I mean, I didn't, you didn't even notice it happening because none of the wins have been particularly inspiring. But no. um, all of a sudden you go from thinking the season's shot to being third on the ladder and um, you can't quite work out how that happened. Yeah, I read but that you wrote that during the week. Are you happy with the way that the club's going? I mean, I, I was quite critical of, critical of uh, the way that we're promoting the younger players compared to what Port were doing 
and I, don't, I just didn't see that young blood coming through besides uh, Jones, um, like Gallucci, I've got my concerns on. Um, are you happy with the way that the, the club is, is replenishing, if you like, and, and promoting the youth? Um, yeah, look, I'll, I, mean, I guess I'll reserve judgment. And I'm, I, I certainly had, you can't really have any complaints over there recruiting because they've, um, you know, particularly since the whole Tippett drama, they've managed to get through that, you know, what should have been a really, you know, for Carlton, a, a sort of similar impost really set them back for years and years, and we've seemed to have avoided that. So, you know, it's arguable we wouldn't have found players like, you know, Greenwood and Keith if we hadn't had to think outside the box. Atkins, and, um, Atkins was and another one that we got in that year, which was a, a very late pick. Yeah, exactly. And um, and Laird was a uh, was a, a rookie that they... Um, that they added to the to the major list. So, um, you know, they've had to be fairly creative and you know, there was a lot of criticism of Duda's um, selection in, a, in the first round and that obviously has been misplaced. So I'm certainly willing to give their selections enough time to prove themselves. And, yeah, no, there def- definitely seems to be a different feel about it this year. I mean, I don't know with you guys, I'm sure you've caught up with the... Uh, the team selections tonight, Gibbs is still on the outer and they want uh, Chase Jones back in. So I think, you know, there was some frustration back when they were winning a lot of games in 16-17 that they weren't playing any kids mm. and there seems to be a different attitude to that now. So now the frustration is they're playing kids that aren't maybe, um, you know, um, making the impact that they that, that the players being left out might have, might be making. But I suppose you need to get the games into them. And if we're winning games while playing them, even if they're not getting a heap of the ball, uh, yeah, for now, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Tom, you seem to be following the Carlton Adelaide uh, trade swap as uh, feverishly as what the three of us are. I just had another uh, bit yeah, of context. Yeah, I love it. I don't, know whether it's gonna, it? I don't know whether it's going to end up any good for us, but I just love the, the element it's added to the season, like the entertainment value. Isn't it hard though to try to put your heart through two games at least of, <laughs> of like? Yeah, hard. it's not it's easy. A bit, but it's a bit masochistic, but um, <laughs> so far it's been quite enjoyable because Carlton just keep losing games. That's probably <laughs> going to finish at some point. Tom's article this week is he actually following more than two games because we were watching the Sydney game as well mm. last week. Well, Make sure they get Sydney. Mm. They also had to win to keep Carlton down, so it's mo- it adds interest <laughs> to more than two games. It, it's more than your footy tips that you have in the office to win a hundred dollar. Uh, yeah. I think uh, Justin yeah. Riedel owes us a beer after this season, just yeah. so he can relax. Well, it's like you know, towards the end of any season, if you're just following one team, you know, you start to pay attention to all the other games that are going to impact where you sit on the ladder. And now we, you know, we've got a whole other team to worry about all the other permutations. I was just thinking about that today that. You know, at the end of the season, if Essendon finished ninth, for example, people will be really up in arms about the the goal sh- goalpost shaking yeah. incident on their yeah. behalf. Yeah. But it also could mean that Carlton finish on the bottom of the ladder. Yeah. You know, that that, that one Very incident true. could have could have a really big impact on two clubs. Fingers, so, um, fingers crossed, Tom. Yes, um, we can only hope. Yeah. Now, the end of last year, we all thought Geelong were going to slide, uh, probably out of the eight. Um, to, to this point of, of the season so far. What are your thoughts on Paddy Dangerfield's form and uh, the form of Geelong, had it reinvigorated? Um, and Very how frustrating, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, as, as you were well aware, I, I 
guess from reading the articles that I'm a very petty man when it comes <laughs> to play people like Patrick Dangerfield and Kurt Tippett. So, um, yeah, the one the one thing I was really hoping for with you know as a realistic option this year was that Geelong would fall off the perch and he's you know sufficiently old that he probably won't get another crack at a flag and that's obviously a, a forlorn hope now that they're going to be right amongst it and that's yeah, yeah definitely one of my bigger fears is uh, a player that's sort of effectively whose departure cost us a flag arguably is uh, is going to get one you know arguably at, at our expense so Fingers crossed it doesn't pan out that way, but it, they're yeah. looking pretty likely. I think those Josh Jenkins uh, comments will come back to haunt him that he did uh, after he beat Geelong about being a premiership player before he even played in a grand final old jerker. So. Um, you, you know what, that with Geelong though, what they've done outstanding like that, yeah. that uh, Myers with the... Um, Brian Myers, yeah. Yeah. Did you hear why he calls himself Brian? Is it that yeah, I did hear that. They yeah, were, they, those they, folks wrote Brian down and thought it wasn't quite good enough. Yeah, they, yeah, the parents went to call him Ryan thought they needed to add a bit more flair to it, so they put a G in front of it. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, I, I actually Googled him because after he's had such a great start, I thought oh, he must have been an early pick. He was like late 50s, early 60s. I think 61 he was picked yeah, up. Okay. Oh, that's a cracking yeah. pick for them. And they got, obviously, the Sydney guy. Um, red, red, red nut. Yeah, so um, the, their picks, you know, seem to be fantastic for them, even the late ones or the ones that no one else wants. Yeah, well, since I've talked about uh, our recruiting, you can't really fault the, what they've managed to do. I mean, when Dangerfield went to Geelong, they were, it was basically the, the one factor. That's with, right. You know, the difference between them being non-finalists and finalists at the point yeah. they were at. Yeah. And, um, they, you know, they're out, out to the stage now where he's had a couple of quiet games and they're still winning pretty comfortably. So, yeah. you know, they've obviously done, done some good work there, um, unfortunately for us. Mm. um Picking up from what you're writing as well, you obviously talk about the politics of football, like, you know, all the things that happen behind the scenes as well as the game, and obviously uh, with your career as a, um, a journalism on politics, what's your thoughts with the federal election coming up this weekend? How do you think yeah. it's going to play out? Um, look, I'm, not, I'm never one for punditry on, on elections, um, and it's just, it seems so volatile now. And, I mean, as we talk tonight, I'm not sure when this will, will go up, but, um, you know, Bob Hawke's um, mm. death has just, just been made public um, and there's, like, one day left of the campaign, so um, it, it's sort of hard to tell what kind of impact that might have, but you would have to think um, that that might be a... A boon for Labor um, yeah. as people start to get nostalgic about the the Hawk Labor years, and mm. he was had been quite a big part of the campaign up to this point anyway. Mm. Um, what I, I guess my my thoughts on it are that um, Labor came out quite early on um, in the piece, not during the campaign, but you know, well well before that, with fairly detailed policy. Um, Announcements about what it would do in government, and that's not really something we've seen oppositions do much in Australia since John Hewson. Because what happened with John Hewson was that he that he put out a, a detailed policy document on on his GST, and, and Paul Keating tore it to shreds over a period of time, and ended up losing an election that he was mm. widely expected to win. Now, if that happens again with Labor um, putting out a sort of contentious 
um, reform policies well in advance of the election, giving um, Morrison or the, the coalition time to convince enough people that it's something they should vote against, then, you know, it, the, the worry from that is that you'll never, ever see oppositions put out policy in advance of elections again, and that would be a, a shame in itself. I'm not saying that that is, means people should vote Labor, but it's just, it will be the collateral of um, the fact that they've had to defend policy rather than just attack the government, which would have been the easy option, given the state the government was in at the time of the leadership challenge. Um, so I don't know which way it's going to go nationally. My, my guess for locally, as in the, the, the seats here in South Australia, is I don't think we're going to see any movement at all. I think they'll probably all stay as they are. The only one that seems to be in some doubt is Boothby, but the way um, the narrowing of the polls that we've seen nationally, I would imagine that um, Nicole Flint might well hang on to that as well and we'll just see the status quo in South Australia. That uh, if, if our uh, listeners want to have um, a bit of comic relief, they should go and listen to that, uh, Google that John Hewson interview. I think it was on A Current Affair. <laughs> that is one of the... It, it's, it's like... Look, it's really hard to watch, actually, seeing him sink uh, when they're talking about the cake. You, you obviously remember that one, Tom. Yeah, the Willisie interview, yeah. Willisie, do you remember that? He, he, yeah. he asked him about a cake and if it was cut or if it was not mm. cut and then the GST, and he was just... He had actually nothing, and you could probably see the polls just yeah. <laughs> that, that worm, <laughs> the worm just turned yeah. as he spoke about that. It just killed him, didn't it? That interview. It did. I mean, I think maybe what's different uh, these days is that there are less moments like that that are that where one moment can just cost you a whole campaign because it's just so diffused, and mm. people get their information from so many different sources. So even if there's a sort of a pack mentality with the mainstream media, I'm not really sure how many people are actually paying much attention anymore. It's just, you know, people get their, get their news from social media and uh, radio all over the place. And it's I, maybe that's why we're getting such a sort of a simplistic messaging in federal politics these days when people just can't afford to have nuanced debates anymore, um, if, if ever they did, to be fair. But... Yeah, I don't know. It makes it very hard um, to, ca to campaign in that sort of way and probably from a political perspective, um, the advantage is if you have a complete mayor like Houston did on that night, it might not be enough to sort of sum up your whole campaign. Yeah. Well, Tom, that's been uh, awesome to have a chat with you tonight. Really appreciate your time. What we're going to do, finish off with our local legends this year, is have a top ten. So tonight it is top ten with Tom. So, ten quick-fire questions. Uh, first thing that right. comes into your head. A uh, couple of easy ones to start. Favourite crow of all time? What was that, sorry? Favourite crow of all time? Um, uh, Andrew McLeod, I'd have to say. Uh, least favourite crow of all time? <laughs> <laughs> I might have to pass on that. I'm not sure it's what about fair. That, what about that guy that went to Carlton that stole the things out of the lockers? Yeah. Lawrence England. You Lawrence England. Uh, David Gallagher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would probably have to be David Gallagher. Yeah. And, but, but the thing is, he's given me so much material over the years <laughs> that um, I can't really hold it against him. Yeah. <laughs> um, Anthony Albanese or Christopher Pine? Um, well, I'll have to go... 
Pine because he's a South Australian and I've had to deal with him for much longer and <laughs> and he may not deal with me again if uh, if it gets back to him that I chose Albo over yeah, him. True. So um, not that uh, he's he's retiring anyway, so that may not make a difference. But yeah, let's just let's just be parochial and go with Christopher. Yeah, Christopher Pine, he's quite funny in the media anyway. Um, would you rather have lunch with ScoMo or Bill? Um, can I? Pass? Can I pass on the <laughs> You can pass. He, he's worried about his political career. <laughs> you, can do, you can do whatever you like. Yeah, yeah um, no, it wouldn't be party political, but I, yeah. it's just not, it wouldn't be a particularly intriguing prospect for either. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I could get them I both that, together. That, that says more be, than uh, enough. Um, do you have the running style of Bill Shorten or John Howard? Do I have a what, sorry? The running style of Bill Shorten or John Howard? <laughs> um, I have. I remember going for a uh, one of Howard's runs actually back when I was at the Advertiser right, to sort of follow in his wake on an early morning run. Oh, right. So let's go with John Howard um, because I did see that footage of Shorten and it wouldn't do me any favours to no. say that I had his running style. No. Uh, best coffee in Adelaide? Where do you go? Um, I'm stuck on my Nespresso at the moment, which is not good at all, but... Um, <laughs> Whatever works. Um, uh, the, the, the coffee that I, that I used to swear by, unfortunately, the place shut down, which I was really sad about, but um, it was uh, a place called Latte on Hutt. Okay. Uh, back in, in, in that sort of side of Hutt Street that's now a bit of a yeah. ghost town. Yeah. Uh, best news crew in Adelaide, 7, 9 or 10. Now, obviously... <laughs> I have, I've, I have, um, I'm conflicted here as well because I did, I was on Seven's um, last election, state election yeah, coverage, yeah. Um, but I did work at Channel 9 for nine years and my wife works at Channel 10, so oh, <laughs> let's just say they're all, they all do a very good job with yeah. the resources they're given. Okay, very good. Uh, Tom, AFL Grand Final Day, uh, Paddy D and Geelong are playing versus Port Adelaide, who are you going to... Who are you going to ride home for the victory? Jeez, that's yeah, that's a poser. I, um, you'd have to go Geelong, but with three gritted teeth, you know, yeah. I'd have to hope that Paddy gets suspended or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a word on Malcolm Blight. Um, one word. Yeah. yeah. Well, the obvious one is Messiah, isn't it? Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not really into brevity, as you've probably gathered from the you know, 2,000 <laughs> word columns I roll up every week. Um, but the, the thing that, I, that strikes me more about Blight as we go along, um, particularly with, you know, since we've had really good coaches like um, Neil Craig and now Don Pike, but sort of frustrating when things aren't going so well, is that you know, he would just do crazy things that, um, mm. you know, just throw all the, the pieces against the whiteboard almost and just say, no, nah, this isn't working. We're just going to try something completely different. Yeah. And, you know, when it came off and it came off at times we really needed it the most, um, you know, it was just you just don't see those kind of moves anymore. Like Shane Allen's a full forward type example, which was yeah. probably plan F back in those days. Um, one last one, Tom. Um, what scenario would you prefer to happen again? The Gold Coast pre-season camp or 2017 grand final? 
Um, so which one would I prefer to happen again? Yeah. Well, I think we weathered the uh, Gold Coast camp reasonably well. <laughs> <laughs> in the, and I did get some good gags out of it. So um, I think we'll go for that because I really don't need to sit through another losing grand final. No. And certainly not I by think I might go points. back and read your in daily from the uh, Gold Coast pre-season <laughs> camp. I think I'm going to get some good little uh, Simpson memes come up there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tom, thanks so much for joining Funky Bears of Face tonight. Really enjoyed your view on, obviously, footy and the election this weekend. So really appreciate your time. Um, have a good rest of the week. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Tom. Cheers, mate. Boys, great chat to Tom. Cracking article that he writes there, or had a read of the article this week in prep, so I'm going to go back and have a bit of a read when I've got some time. Yeah, great listen. Very good. Uh, so we're going to cut down some of our segments. We're just going to go this week with Would You Rather, and I'll be nervous if and uh, Baz and I are contributing to Would You Rather. Do you want to kick off, mate? Well, I've got one which is quite topical, boys. I'd like to, to hear your uh, opinions on it. Would you rather be Liverpool or Man City? Well, okay, you boys have got no idea, right? No, so, I... <laughs> so Liverpool, okay, are about to pl- be in the Champions League. They've just been done for the EPL title. Heartbreaking. Mm. Lost one game for the year. Mm. They've got the r- nearly record amount of points, points the third yeah. most points ever in the EPL. They've still lost. They've made an unbelievable season. And they've still lost, and everyone's taking the piss out of them, like having a crack at them, right? So they're, but they're in the Champions League final. Or would you rather be Man City, who have won, won, the, title. won the title, but not in the Champions I'd League final? I'd rather be Liverpool. It's a very good That's what I was rather. asking for, boys. You gave me no, donuts. No, I just needed time to think about it because yeah, process it, mate. Uh, I've followed I don't like Liverpool. to give our brothers and sisters dead air. You, you were giving them dead air, right? <laughs> I, I, want, I want. Give us think time, mate. So Liverpool, and that's a very good would you rather. Thank you. Yeah. You know what? I'd go Man City because that whole comp that I've been playing all year, each week, it, when they play multiple the games... The Champions League is... The I prestige get that. that I get that. Massive, we yeah. saw the excitement around it. But the Premier League, that's your... You, Just, you stand there in the middle with the cup and the trophy. Well, you do, do the you. same. Yeah. Come on, mate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the worst arguments I've ever heard. Um, what would be interesting is what's the financial reward... If you win the EPL versus if you win the Champions League. I think the Champions League would be way, it'd yeah. be huge, yeah, it'd be massive, because you've got all of Europe in there, like you've yeah. got Barcelona all there. Uh, is it yours? It's yeah. mine. Would you rather be a 50-game Premiership player or a 300-game champion with no Premiership CNA? I think you've done this one before. Do you know why I've done it tonight? Because Tom Boyd has... Oh, you've just stole mine too. Retired. <laughs> and... Uh, he won his premiership 36 games mm. in. What would you he, rather? He's 50 games premiership he's a good player? Because he's always remembered for that. You know what? Like he, He's had so many issues with mental health and everyone was bagging him because he's getting a million dollars a year and not performing. But all that matters is a flag. Mm. That's all that matters and he's done that. What would you rather have? 50 games in a flag or 300 and no? <sighs> I'd probably, I'd probably how many how many players have played would have played you know roughly fifty games and a flag there'd been quite a few more than we think I reckon. Um, the ultimate is the flag, but the ultimate's not to go. I'd go three hundred. So do I. The ultimate's I not the way that Tom Boyd's. That's a bit selfish, I reckon. Going three hundred, but yeah, three hundred is a very personal thing. A flag is a team thing. Yeah. 
but I probably, I mean, I've won a flag. It's, it's amazing. The, the, yeah. the feeling that you get when you win a flag is... You won three, mate. I have. And, the, the, yeah, all three of them, the feeling is something that you can't describe. No, I agree. Yep. Like, childbirth's pretty good. <laughs> I didn't really do anything with childbirth, but ch- childbirth is good, but winning a flag's right up there. Anyway, uh, do we give you an answer? I don't know. Oh. Um, you got another one? All right. Well, I was going to say, would you rather Buddy Franklin... Would you rather have recruited Buddy Franklin or Tom Boyd? Franklin. Yeah, but Franklin hasn't won a flag for Sydney. Yeah, but you said, who would you rather recruit? That's right. So your team hasn't changed, but your player has. So Tom Boyd's won a premiership with Western Bulldogs. It's a pretty good re- recruitment getting Boyd because he won you a flag. That's right. But everyone thinks that Buddy Franklin's been amazing for Sydney, which he has, but he hasn't won him a flag. Return on investment for Buddy. Did so Tom like Boyd win Western Bulldogs a flag? Or was he, he did. Part of, was no, he part he, of the team? He was very outstanding in that final he series. Was, he yeah. was. Was he? But is that... Does it mean that Buddy Franklin hasn't delivered a flag for Sydney because of him, or is it the team? He was close. So what's your answer? Buddy Franklin. Answer? A boy. He won your flag. I agree, Face. I agree with you. Would you rather eat an unlimited amount of free takeaway of your choice for a year, or have someone else cook your own meals every night for a year? There's a reason why I'm bringing that up. Someone else. Someone else. Are they female? I'll go somewhere else, Funky. You can't eat takeaway all year. Oh, even even you. I'll give it a Even you. You've got your McDonald's sticker on your (laughs) car window. That's great. Depends on who the person is. That cooks your food. Yeah. We're deep thinking now, Matthew. (laughs) This is interesting. I only go to the person who will cook for me every night. I'm very surprised that Face wouldn't go with the free takeaway. (laughs) There's a guy in uh, South Africa who pretended... To be from head office in KFC oh, and turned up to plenty of the KFC outlets uh, across the country pretending to taste test for quality standards. How good is that? Turned up in a limo in some of these places and he just um, picked apart the food. He had a notepad and pen, he had fake ID, he got free food for a year. That is sensational. Brilliant. That is sensational. Great effort. Oh. He got arrested for it, but everyone, <laughs> social media is hailed as a hero, so that's the reason why I brought that one up. Uh, would you rather rock up to a game of footy and eat, forget either your boots, your mouth guard, or your jocks? I've done all of them. <laughs> <laughs> on the same day? Yeah, yeah on different oh. days. Uh, and I think mouth guard is you'd rather that one, but I've lost, left my jocks behind, left yeah, my boots, boots behind. Definitely boots and yeah. mouth guard. Yeah, so all of the above, mate. Uh, you could probably get away with strapping up the boxes. I think we've seen plenty of teammates do that before, so yeah, there we go. Be hard to go without the boots, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, a few little quick ones: Grundy or Crips? Crips. Uh, needs basis, so you go Grundy. Franklin or Cameron? Cameron. Franklin. Rosie or Norton? Norton. Uh, hard to find, aren't they, big guys? Yeah, you go Norton. Yeah. That's it. I'm surprised. Rosie looks good, doesn't he? I'm surprised that you went uh, Franklin. I think Franklin's nearing the end. Yeah, but if you, I don't know. I'd just judge. I think, the, I think his last couple of years is going to be very minimal output for a lot of money. Yeah. Thanks, boys. Okay. Um, I'll be nervous if. What do we got? Well, boys, I would be nervous if I'm the rules or match committee. This year they changed the rules six six six. Expected biggest yeah. scoring. This is a good one from you, face. Uh, clearly hasn't happened. <laughs> you sound surprised. <laughs> um, Don Pike came out and said, if anything, it's become more contested. You lose the centre bounce. There's no one else there. 
Would anyone have predicted the low scoring this year? Not given the new, because everyone's saying it's going to open it up. It's going to be great if you're a key forward. There'll be flogging. There's going to be plenty of space. Did you hear what Essendon did? Yeah. Have you heard about this? Mm. Is that they had another one, only 17 on the ground. They had an extra one on the bench to try and get an extra person down. Because then when they came on, they've got 80 metres of free space because they knew that no one could man up on that person. Yeah, it's quite smart. The coaches are going to try and bend the rules as much as they can, whatever they bring Mm. in. Um, so that's like Essendon to uh, dodge with the rules <laughs> my next one boys I'd be nervous if I'm on the MRP the match review panel this week Ablett's been cleared of LB yep. two weeks in a row Fife has been cleared should have gone Sam Durden lays a hip and shoulder and gets a bloody week suspended it's because it's, it's ridiculous well they say the best way to avoid getting suspended is to win a Brownlow that was it was a Campbell Brown that <laughs> tweeted that yeah, was very clever very actually I'll be nervous if I was the Essendon Bombers Yes. Uh, Essendon Bombers okay. are currently three and five. Mm. They've got a m- real danger game this week. Free uh, out home. Richmond are waiting for them next week. If they go three and seven, this is a season of promise, which gives them nothing. I'm going to say now that the Essendon Football Club, uh, the most overrated club in the competition. He said that about Adelaide about six I did, weeks ago. I did, and uh, now Essendon are in the blowtorch, so um, I was hoping you weren't going to bring that up. Uh, but Essendon is continually... Old, what's people, his contract? Worstfold's contract? Not sure. But Essendon, the hype's always there, but yeah. they have failed to deliver year after year, and this could be another failed season for them. It's a massive game for them this week. Good call. Cool. Like uh, unlucky against Sydney last week. At the, you know, what was Rampy just quietly what was Rampy thinking in climbing a goal that, that was under 10s like, well if my under 10 I'd actually said to my under 11s on Sunday I said if anyone climbs a post today you're in big trouble <laughs> yeah um, Funky I'd be nervous if I'm Carlton defenders this week in the last quarter against Collingwood the superb team in the comp that Collingwood had 25 inside 50s in the last quarter I'm the defender I'm not looking forward to three quarter time and what's approaching me late that was comical how Conwood just overran him in that last quarter. Mm. Operation pick one, boys. It's still on. Uh, Worst five's got another year to go after this one, which is not in the realms of getting sacked this nah, year. Nah. They, they don't really sack coaches these days, do they? Too much money. Yeah, back in Co- the day. Cost too much. Back in the day, there was coaches getting sacked everywhere. It's like EPL. How many coaches get sacked yeah, there? I think there's too much accountability for the money now, and there's, the contracts are really hard to, to move around. Jeopardy more? That's it. I've got one more, boys. Kicking off from your ba- uh, bake a few weeks ago, Baz. Mm-hmm. I'll be nervous if I'm the Adelaide 36ers. Today they announced four new, new roster song. spot signings. Yeah. There's been a lot of talk over the last couple of weeks. One, um, shouldn't be promoting another podcast, but the press box <laughs> with a couple of guys on there. Fantastic insight into um, uh, local SA sports and especially in the Sixers. Um, they announced that Deshaun Taylor, Kevin White, Daniel Dillon and Brendan Tays are the four more roster spots. All the import spots are taken. But there's big word out that Jacob Wiley will stay in Europe, so he'll get bought out, mm. and that Harry Froling will um, nominate for the NBA draft, so there's more spots come. They reckon a, a, um, a former NBA player by the name of Will Bynum, 36-year-old, will come in as the last import spot for the 36ers. I can't, I can't handle old blokes playing footy or playing <laughs> <laughs> 36 is quite young, actually, yeah. let's, let's be real. But uh, very, very interesting how they shape their roster um, coming up. Uh, I think Baz um, called it early, didn't he, Face? 
about the uh, who were their players. Mm. Yeah, very, very interesting. They asked them for memberships, but who are their players? Uh, boys, how are we travelling now? We, are we nearly done? I think we're done. How are you looking for voting, uh, Face? Are you, do you know who you're going to vote for? Uh, well, I can't stand either leader. Yeah, well, there's a lot of parties out there, mate. You could go for the uh, for the for the love party, or for the uh, firearms party, or for the one nation. And, you know what? Yeah. I'm just looking forward to going to get my uh, sausage sizzle, mate. Yeah, yeah. democracy sausage. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you're steadfast, no though. This man, our leader, knows a bit more about it. So good luck with your vote, mate. Well, I definitely won't be voting for one nation. I would like to see them ruled out of politics like their last three months has been absolute disgrace the work some how, of the stuff, how dare they go to the strippers <laughs> <laughs> it's disgraceful the, the stuff that they've the the work around uh bringing trying to change gun reform into australia yeah, is dis- absolutely dis- disgraceful yeah. and and their conduct as people who are highly paid they should be voted out on the weekend mm. so Actually, did you hear um pauline hansen was on the today show this morning thursday morning and they were getting stuck into her about percentage slides, and she fit right back and said, just like your ratings for the Today Show. That's not bad. Since, oh. Carl, since Carl got the boot, maybe they should bring Carl back. Oh. Really? That was bloody funny. Oh, oh that's, that's fantastic. Oh, I'll go for it this way. <laughs> <laughs> See you, boys. Thanks, Monkey. Thanks, Baz.